and welcome to this edition of Spotlight with Sandhya. Joining us today is a political economist from Hyderabad who believes in speaking truth to power, keeping aside family and personal considerations. Dr. Parakala Prabhakar was the media advisor to Chandrababu Naidu when the Telugu Desam party was in power. Prior to that, he was the spokesperson for the BJP in Andhra Pradesh. He is now an independent media analyst and commentator. And he believes in pulling no punches when he critiques the government for its handling of the COVID-19 situation and the several economic and social issues that he highlights every week. Welcome to the show, Dr. Prabhakar. Thank you. So let's talk about uh, something that you were already talking about much before the pandemic hit, you know, the slowdown in the economic uh, growth in India. And uh, now, what is your prediction? What is going to happen? We are in for a very tough time, Sandhya. And then, uh, you know, the first pandemic, which was actually quite mild, that itself had caused uh, almost about 75 million people falling into poverty. Poverty, right. So, you know, most of the jobs that they've gone, that are gone, have not returned, Sandhya. And this particular thing now, for instance, uh, if you look at the data from the railways that are, that are, that are coming out, you know, the last 20 days or 20, 25 days, about uh, 50 lakh migrant workers have left Mumbai. And, uh, you know, uh, Maharashtra economy is, is, is suffering, which is the you know, industrial powerhouse of, of India. So this is the overall picture. So which means that even before the second uh, surge, you know, the, the, the second attack, uh, including IMF, many international agencies have uh, forecast that it won't be before 2023 that we will be able to return to pre-pandemic level. Now, here is a catch. Even pre-pandemic level for India was quite low. It was We were already in slowdown. Right. So we have to go back initially to pre-pandemic and then go back even further to the pre-slowdown period. Now you can imagine. I don't think we will have a, a, a reason to heave a sigh of relief before 2024. This could be very pessimistic, but uh, it looks like that. Unless, you know, uh, something very, very uh, unexpected and, uh, you know, uh, un unpredicted happens. Another thing is that, you know, even the last time the government of India has not been able to address the demand side of the economy when they release the stimulus, they address the supply side. Now, in, 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 in situations like these, what you need to do is don't be very cautious about the fiscal deficits and address the demand side, put money in the people's pockets so that they can come out and buy things and demand things. So that is when the economy starts, you know, reviving. That is what exactly the, the American economy has done. You know, under Trump, before he left, uh, he announced a $3 trillion stimulus. And in between, it was about $900 billion. 
Now, after uh, Joe Biden came, he announced $1.9 trillion stimulus. Now, therefore, you could see that there is a 6.5% growth of the American economy in the last quarter. But we don't see any signs of such stimulus uh, happening in our country. And uh, what I feel, I mean, what really upset me uh, the last uh, week, amongst many other things that are currently upsetting all of us, is the sight of, you know, um, these plane loads of relief vaccine landing in our country. It's been a long time since India had to put out a call for help and we had to get foreign aid. And this seems going back to that era. And, uh, you know, India being the vaccine capital of the world and having grandly gone and distributed uh, vaccines to other countries. And now we don't have enough for our own people. And this is something that I think since you are an economist and you can draw a parallel with how the lack of planning, how the lack of reading the numbers right is now put us in this particular situation. Uh, What do you say, Dr. Prabhakar? Uh, Sandhya, I think uh, you've raised a very, very important point, very relevant. Uh, you see, yesterday's uh, Guardian London uh, and, and many other newspapers, I'm just citing Guardian, had a, uh, a quarter page advertisement for um, appeal for funds to help India. You know, one organization in, in Britain, they've uh, given an advertisement in the Guardian newspaper that, you know, we are organizing help for India, please donate. This used to happen in uh, the Western countries uh, by the non-government organizations and by charities, etc., to help African countries, Ethiopia, famine and things like that. You know, when you see such advertisements, you feel very bad. Absolutely. You know, we we, we, we were supposed to be pharmacy of uh, the world, um, as you said, the vaccine capital of the world and things like that. But you see, somewhere, somewhere, the government was too early to declare victory against COVID, right. um, too early to get into self-congratulatory mode, and uh, no forward planning. And as far as I know, there is no meaningful consultation with expertise in the country or elsewhere. There is a lot of expertise. You know, I do not think the government has any serious, had had any serious consultations um, for advice with um, experts and epidemiologists. And on the other hand, you know, I do not know what the Niti Aayog is doing in, in so far as the forward planning is concerned. What the uh, Economic Advisory Council of the Prime Minister is doing in terms of, uh, you know, advanced uh, planning for the economy. Um, this is a very sad situation. And another thing is, you see, uh, initially, this government of India has taken the entire thing into its hands. And of course, there, there were accusations that the state governments were not consulted, etc. Et but keep, keep those uh, controversies aside. Now, today, the government of India is saying that, you know, it's the state. Why, why don't you blame the state government? Why don't you ask the state government? No, state governments have not. Exactly. See, when, 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 you, when you said that, you know, we, we, we won a victory against COVID, COVID right. did, you, did you remember state governments? Was there no part played by the state, state governments in that? Today, 
when you see all these uh, you know queues queuing up for oxygen and uh, queuing up for beds and ventilators etc etc now you remember the uh, the 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 responsibility of the state governments this is this is not a fair game in fact when you declare something as a as a national pandemic it's a global pandemic now what which government has more responsibility it is the national government which has more responsibility and uh, it counts as a national emergency it's not just a, it is a national issue, emergency right it is definitely counts yes. as a national emergency and decisions yeah. should have been taken that way yeah in consultation you know you take everybody on board you take the state governments on board you take the health experts on board you take the economists on board have a consultation have a plan implement and then uh, monitor it properly make people accountable there is nothing of that kind of a uh, you know uh, initiative by the central government which is astonishing you know uh, sandhya look at the vaccine situation you know we need in order to you see there is there is this, this very important principle that you must keep in mind in dealing with pandemic pandemic for pandemic to end anywhere it has to end everywhere you cannot have a virus with some people and you know keep the rest of the country and rest of the world safe because you know it spreads so in order for pandemic to end anywhere it has to end everywhere which means in india even if you completely shut down india and you know there is nobody going out and nobody coming in if you can keep india in a bubble even then you need at least 70% of the people you know uh, vaccinated right now if you if you want to achieve that you, you you remove the pregnant women and children you need at least 70 crore people to be you know uh, vaccinated which means twice two doses 140 crore doses you need to have in your pipeline how much do you have you don't have in fact it's it's in the pipeline yesterday i think uh, the uh, rbi governor had said that um, you know for the entire uh, vaccination program to be completed and rolled out it would be somewhere around uh, next to next year or next year so another two years or so that's a very very long uh, period and and i'm sure in between we will still keep having the requirements of these uh, localized lockdowns so i would like uh, you to explain to us you know if a government has to take this decision about a lockdown how do they weigh the costs of um, you know uh, the people's health against the effect on the economy and the social impact it's not an easy decision at all so uh, can we discuss that yeah no as you you are very right it's not an easy decision uh but you see we we all understand that lives are important and livelihoods are important right but then sandhya if you have to choose between if at all god forbid if you have to choose between life and livelihood what do you do life 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 now you you preserve life of your citizens and wait for 15 days 20 days one month two months three months whatever whatever time it takes to you know uh, then try to revive the economy meanwhile when it is shut down when people are not working when people are not drawing their salaries um, uh, you know people are not able to buy their food uh, then put some money in their pockets that is called stimulus stimulus is not 
you know, uh, giving money to the industry to produce things. Because to produce things, they have to so be people them. to buy. Exactly. They need to have purchasing power, isn't it? So you need to also address the demand side. So livelihoods and lives, if you have to choose between these two, I would suggest that any government should choose life first and see that the livelihoods are not affected in the long run. You know, just save yourself, save your life, and then quickly, you know, uh, stand up to work. That should be the, uh, the, the, the principle in deciding whether we should go for lockdown or we should not go for lockdown. Now, if you, if you go on saying that, you know, livelihoods will be affected, then of whom? You know, you can't, Sandhya, I do not know, I do not know um, how many people are aware that, you know, the death rate is so underreported. Infection is so underreported. Everybody, you know, it's, it's for everybody to see. Um, the the dead bodies that are coming to the crematoria are much, much higher in number than what is reported in the in the uh, government bulletins. True. Now I want to ask you a very personal question, if you will permit me. You know, I mean, since you're very vocal about your criticism of the uh, BGP government, how do you feel whenever your remarks or whenever your articles are reported with the headline, finance minister's husband attacks the government? What is your reaction to that? <laughs> uh, well, the, number one, that's a fact. The second thing, maybe you have this in mind that, you know, how do you feel as a man to be referred to as somebody's uh, husband? Is, it, is, it, is that the thing that you are looking at? No, no, I'm quite happy. Okay. Wrong women yeah. have you know, referred to yeah. a so-and-so's wife. That is fine. No, I'm just... Yeah, not, that's fine. Uh, that, that's not it. Yeah. Ah, yeah. You see, um, it, 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 my views are uh, uh, there for everybody on record to see, you know, whether um, uh, somebody in my family is in power or not in power, in office or not in office, consistently, um, they have been there on the record. Um, my criticism or sometimes my appreciation um, is, is, is not uh, uh, predicated on, uh, you know, uh, is, is my friend in government or is my... Uh, relative in his government or in my spouse's government, if there is something that we called out, I do call out. So, I'm right in saying you believe in speaking truth to power. It doesn't matter who's in power. Exactly, <laughs> Sandhya. You know, especially Sandhya, you need to speak truth to power when the power doesn't speak truth to the people. Okay. That's a very nice point. So, um, just to dwell a little bit more on the personal issue, uh, you know, you stepped down from Chandrababu Naidu's uh, government when you had a, you know, a, a ministerial ranking as the media advisor, when uh, the TDP and the BJP broke with each other and there were some criticisms uh, about uh, Ms. Nirmala Sitaraman being in, in power in the BJP government in Delhi and here you were the ex-partner politically. 
so did you do have a discussion before you joined politics and in separate parties did you decide how you were going to work out because i'm sure you there would have been possibilities that you would have considered right that things will not go along well between two political partners so did you have some kind of a discussion and did you decide how you would deal with it my involvement in the ap government was not a political role uh, sandhya okay you see i uh, and of course my political career goes back to 1994 or even before that to the student politics so my political uh, uh, career is, is is not uh, you know 5 uh, year old or 6 year old okay that's one um, the second thing is that you know i uh, along with a lot of my uh, friends and colleagues we led an agitation to keep the state united um against all odds okay but anyway the state was decided uh, di- divided and at that time when the when the state was divided and of course i i hail from that part of the state you know from madhya pradesh uh, from west godavari so when the then chief minister had uh, you know we all wanted to build that state and the then chief minister had uh, you know invited me to come and join uh, his team so that you know we can uh, build a brand for andhra pradesh uh, um, communicate what andhra pradesh meant to you know the world what it could mean to the world how to you know attract investments and you know uh, contribute to the building of because it's a new state um, it's uh, you know andhra pradesh united andhra pradesh was uh, uh, an industrial state but after division that part of the andhra pradesh state had become predominantly agrarian state you know entire it industry had remained in telangana and hyderabad you know that had no um, it presence although the chief minister mr chandrababu was known for his it and technology and things like that but then he came to head a state which was you know uh, very poor in, in those that kind of infrastructure so that was the context in which you know people like us uh, joined the government and you know helped the government to um, uh, to shape the it has nothing to do with uh, you know bjp or tdp or uh, you know their political relations etc etc but then when uh, politically these two parties have parted ways you know there were some uh, uh, people trying to you know uh, say that uh, why don't you where you are here you are there why don't you speak to somebody your wife or spouse and you know your connections in delhi to get the special status as though these are all you know uh, a uh, small little talk between two people or you know it's, it's not that because there are larger policy issues then i thought it would be it would be not good for me not good for the the then chief minister not good for good for the state to deflect attention of the people into these things let people face the real issues you know i i was not there to you know hang around to you know a few perks of the uh, office you know i i said um, you know if that is the case i do not want Uh, anybody to be embarrassed in this so I mean, neither the state government should be embarrassed nor the uh, central government to be embarrassed so i thought uh, that's fine okay so why did you not continue in politics i mean you came from a political family your parents were both in politics so why did you choose to be more a commentator than to continue actively in politics sandhya the point is that you know just by being in a political party doesn't mean that you are uh, uh, you are in politics you know you can be in politics you can be political 
even without being in a political party uh intervene because you know when i led the agitation for a united andhra pradesh i was not in any political party but that was a that was a very very political act that i had undertaken mm-hmm. now today when i speak about this it's not just a comment you know it is it is also um actively intervening in the political process in the political discourse uh what i'm trying to say is politics is not just being a part of a political party or contesting an election or being an mp or an mla or a minister okay um let's talk about you know the situation that the media finds itself in now that you are a, a commentator and you have your own program you know the government has turned out to be increasingly hostile to any kind of criticism and what makes it worse is this army of social media trolls which attack anybody who expresses a different opinion so what role do you think the media can play and what do you think is the way forward for independent media the media should be independent it should call out that is the the primary role of uh, a media organization but then you see the dynamics of media have changed so much over the years that uh, you know it's it's considered more as a as a business activity of course they have to make money they have to pay salaries they have to you know um, maintain their offices and infrastructure and network and all that i, I do understand but then that should be not as a result of the patronage of the government so if you are a hostage to government patronage in order to make your revenues then you are manipulable this is one and secondly there are people who who who, who are not who are not uh, you know just manipulated but they willingly willingly uh for whatever reason uh they are towing the government line and supporting the government defending the government not calling out the government not being critical of uh, you know its uh, omissions and commissions this i call in one of my uh, posts and episodes i said this there, there seems to be a faustian bargain mm-hmm. this is something which is uh, really disturbing this is this is one and you see now i don't have to refer to the names uh, but you know the channels uh, they they continuously you know um, attack any anti government or any any criticism of the government media channels you know newspapers and television channels you know uh, presenters you know editors so this is something now if you if you if you if you zero that on to their financial requirements then the only hope that i see is something like uh, you know what you're doing you know it, it costs you very little you know uh, it's it's a low cost or no cost uh, but at the same time it has a huge reach you can uh, you know just call me up and uh, you know i am there and we talk and this goes and you know people come to know what you feel and i feel and what you think and i think um there is a there is a transmission of uh, you know ideas and analysis and talk and commentary you don't need a gatekeeper 
Right. So, for instance, if 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 you if you need to uh, voice a criticism, and uh, you need to go onto the television or to a newspaper, if those those two do not really entertain you, you are stuck. You 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 your your uh, your view or your opinion doesn't go out. Now here, the digital media, the social media, all these platforms. Uh, well, there there is some responsibility. There is some misuse, which is what is not misused. Every everything is misused. But then, if you look at the, if you if you look at uh, you know the, the the constructive side of it, there is a huge contribution that the digital media can play, the the social media can play, uh, independent journalists uh, can play, independent commentators can play. I do not I mean I uh, I do not have to submit my. Uh, um you know uh, by blog or uh, by writing to somebody to scrutinize to sit on judgment whether you know uh, it, it is possible whether it is publishable or not and then what are the repercussions what would the government think whether it uh, affects my advertising revenues or etc etc i don't have to fear now so uh, the media's role is not up to the mark now i wish it plays the role of um, you know uh, um, uh, somebody who 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 um, a uh, looks at the government uh, scrutinizes the government the government's acts this is the kind of it's it's a kind of watchdog role that increasingly the media is abdicating that's a very uh, sad reflection indeed uh, dr prabhakar but i'm glad that uh, programs like yours are coming up and like i said they've already become very popular so people are able to get unbiased analysis it's also meant for the ordinary people who would like to get another point of view so thank you very much for joining the program dr prabhakar and it's really been a pleasure to have this quite a leisurely chat with you on so many different matters thank you very much anjha thank you very much you know it's one thing is, is i'm seeing you after a long time it's it's a, such a pleasure to see you and such a pleasure to talk to you and um, you know i i wish you um, all the best and uh, do stay safe and all the people who are who watched who are watching this program uh, i wish them all uh, all the best and uh, uh, you know stay safe that's what i could uh, tell you coming up next is the second part of the interview with dr parakala prabhakar here he talks about how the bjp is scripting the narrative for india